Okay, let's learn uh, this piece together. This is on page 8283 in Great Jewish Inspiration. It's a famous quote by Reb Chaim Shmulevitz. And we all know the Medrash that when Moshe Rabbeinu was a little, little baby, his mother, afraid that the Egyptian officers would come and take away her baby and kill him, like was the decree in Egypt at the time for all Jewish babies, what she did was she constructed a little basket and she put some tar inside of it to make it water uh, resistant and she put baby Moshe in and then basically sent it out into the Yar, into the river. And then all of a sudden, Basia Bas Paray, the daughter of Paray, her name was Basia, she comes down to the river, she sees a basket, and the basket was, as we know, very far away from her. And she sent forth her, her ama. Now, literally, an ama means what? A maidservant. But, which is the simple explanation of the Pasuk. She, the Pasuk, in fact, says that she came together with her girl servants, so it would make sense to say if she wants to see what was in the basket, she would just send down her, her maidservants to get it. She dispatched her maidservant to go and retrieve the basket. Chazal, though, don't say that. Chazal, and Rashi brings it on that Pasuk, learn that Amasa doesn't mean a maidservant here. But rather, it means a masa is an arm. One of the measurements, one of the most common measurements is an ama. How far is, how big is an ama? An ama is basically an arm. It goes from the elbow all the way to the top finger. That measurement is, uh, let's say, a foot and a half or something. That's called an ama. So we measure the mezbeach, uh, the, the aron, all the klea mikdash, is basically described in terms of Amma uh, measurements. The Teva of Nayach is measured in terms of Amma. Amma is a popular, probably the most common biblical measurement in terms of length is the Amma. So Vatishlech HaSamasa means that she sent forth her arm, and her arm, the Gemara says, stretched out many, many Amas until it was able to go and reach the baby, and bring it back. We're all familiar with that Chazal, correct? Everyone heard of that one? Okay. So the question that's the obvious one is, let's say I'm trying to reach for that talus bag over there, and that talus bag is maybe 30 feet away from me. So 20 feet. And I know that my arm just goes as far as my arm goes. I can't even reach to the end of the desk. So why in the world, if I was Amma, if I was Basia Baspare, would I even try to reach out 30 feet to grab Meshra Abenu's little teva, little ark? Why would I even try? Like, what, you know, would, would, I, would somebody say, hey, uh, could you get that swollen bag? I would probably get up and get it myself. Or I'd ask some, one of you to bring it to me. But I wouldn't stretch out my arm. It's ridiculous. It's not going to, it's impossible. So what's the answer? Why would she do this? I mean, I understand that a miracle happened, but for a miracle to happen, first thing you'd have to do is what is actually attempt for it to work. So why would she even start the process? That's the question that Reb Chaim Shmulevitz asks. Everyone understand the question?
Like what's the? You, you need a havamina to do this. Like there is fine. Your 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 aunt, your hand stretched out. Your arm stretched out until it was able to reach it. But why would I even start stretching on my arm if it was an exercise in futility? She had no idea that her arm would stretch. So why in the world would she even try it? Good question, right? So you have an answer. Okay. Excellent. Yes. In fact, I think it's the same exact Gemara. The Gemara is in Megillah. It's also in Saita. But the Gemara, I think, in Megillah says that right. His 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 scepter stretched out to to reach her. Very good. There's one other thing that the Gemara says. A similar type of miracle happened, uh, and that was with Aigmelach Habasha's teeth. It's a less commonly known medrash, but there was a mountain that he was about to throw down on the Jewish people. He was a giant. And all of a sudden, there were like some ants that bore a hole in the mountain. And, it, uh, and then it, it like sort of became like a big necklace. It, it dropped on top of Ike's head. So now he had a big necklace. Okay, so it's not a big deal because I could just lift it off of my head. The problem is that in the meantime, his teeth began to grow very, very long. And he wasn't able then to pull off the, uh, the mountain from his uh, head, and he ultimately died. So these are like three stretching miracles uh, that the Gemara speaks about. So I understand uh, Para, maybe he was like, had his, the scepter in his hand. Anyway, it stretched. You know, Agmel Chabashan, he had no idea the teeth happened naturally. But why would she even try to begin the process of stretching out her hand if she knows that it's not possible? I wouldn't try to close the window from here because I know that my hand is my arm is not going to reach. Okay, any attempts at uh want to give a stab at it? Okay, go. So perhaps um, she believed uh, she she believed that this was something that God wanted, and if this is what God wanted, that means you'll find a way for it to to happen. And so in a way, she was expecting a miracle. Okay, very good. That's sort of what Reb Chaim Shmulevit says. Let me read to you what I wrote here. When Basia, daughter of power, noticed that the floating basket in the Nile contained a baby, our sages teach that the tiny vessel was far beyond her grasp. Nonetheless, she stretched out her hand and her arm miraculously extended, rescuing the infant Moshe. The Rosh Hashiva of the Mir, Reb Chaim Shmulevit, explains that Basia merited the miracle because she had done all that she was physically able to do to save the baby. So long as we do our part, God will assist on us in achieving the impossible. Meaning, she had to do, like sort of exactly what you're saying, she knew that she had a, a, an endeavor right now to set out on. She had to save the baby. She didn't know how it was going to happen, but she understood that this was her destiny to somehow get the baby. So what she did was she tried her best. She tried her best. And what does Hashem do? When you try your best, that's when Hashem does the rest. That rhymes, right? You do your best and Hashem will do the rest. And so Basia Baspar, and this is the picture. You want to see it? It's a cool picture of a baby basket in, uh, in amongst the, the, the grasses of the, um, of, the, of the river. When action is needed... The impossible is within our reach. When you need to do something, you could do anything you want. I'll give you a 
one very, very common example of this, and I'll, then we'll talk about some other uh, less common known things. Like, so, for example, there are fascinating stories of true stories. This isn't like, you know, s- fiction. True stories that there is, let's say a father is pinned under a car. A father is pinned under a car. His leg is like, you know, the whole pressure of the car is on him and you have to lift the car up. The problem is that by the time you get somebody to come and do it, he's going to lose his leg. There's little children that could barely pick up, you know, a regular desk. If they saw that their father was in danger, they would be able to somehow lift the very car up and until the father's able to get his leg out from under it. Did you ever hear of such stories? It's, it happens all the time. What's the, what is, what's the pshat in that? How does that work? The answer is, on a very physical level, this isn't even getting into a Hamishim Levitz's art, but on a very physical level, a human being has a lot more potential and latent um, strength in him than he knows about or she knows about. For example, we don't think that we're, let's say, always so smart, we can't remember things, there are scientists that study the amount of the brain that people use. We use like maybe, uh, I don't know, 2%, 3% of our total brain capacity. We have the ability in our brains to store reams and reams of information and remember it. We, we have the ability to understand complex problems. We have, we have the ability to use logic and to use, we have a tremendously powerful brain. The only thing is we don't always use it. We don't know how to use it. I and mean, if, even if we know how, we're just lazy. So we, don't, we end up basically saying, I can't do anything. I can't, uh, you know, I, I can't remember anything. And we, we, that becomes the reality. I can't study anything and really have a deep understanding. And that becomes our reality. Whatever we tell ourselves because we're a little lazy, that becomes the reality. In, when in reality, our brains are very powerful. Our brains could do much, much more than we could ever imagine, but we just don't use it. It's like we have a Ferrari and we think that it's a tricycle. So we don't even bother, like, we don't even understand how fast our minds could work, how well our minds could work. But just like that, we also have a very great amount of strength. We could theoretically pick up a 300-pound barbell, just we look at it and we say, oh, no, I can't do that. That's, that's way too much for me. We could probably run a marathon, but we never dare ourselves because we don't think we're capable of it. And there are so many other things in life that we're, we have greatness in us, we just don't try. And when we do try, and we try our best, suddenly Hashem allows us to succeed. Hashem gives us the ability to succeed. So in theory, I know it sounds hard to imagine, but if I would really, really want to get to that talus bag over there, or let's say it was my child and he was drowning, or she was drowning. so I would figure out a way to do it. Right now I'm not really motivated, so I can't really stretch my hand out because I'm not, I don't think it's possible. I don't really need it, feel a need to do it, so forget it. But if let's say I really needed to do something, I would be able to very physically, or at least miraculously, I'd be able to do it. It's just we sell ourselves short. Basia Baspara knew, like you said, she needed to do this, and so she did it, and then Hashem allowed her to do it. Hashem made a miracle, but the miracle started once you do everything that you can. 
And that's true in, in our lives. If, if let's say um, I'm beginning an endeavor, let's say uh, any endeavor, I'm starting a new business. Let's say when, uh, when Amazon was started, do you think in a million years that Jeff Bezos, when he started Amazon, I've seen pictures of him, it's like a, he started in like a little like room in his house and he, he wrote like Amazon. It was like, it was a dream. Do you think he ever thought in a billion years that he would be able to build a company with a whole fleet of airplanes and, and trucks and little trucks and, uh, you know, same day service and prime. No, you start out something and you try your best. And before you know it, it's, it, it, it almost happens on its own. You ever have that, like you're writing a paper and you don't know, how am I going to write this paper? All of a sudden you just start writing a little bit and all of a sudden, like the next day you have a paper in your hands. Am I wrong? Isn't that how life works? Like you, you basically, you start it and then like, I remember when I was a little kid, my mother would tell me, you know, clean your room. I really didn't want to clean my room. But like you start putting away like one thing, two things, all of a sudden, 10 minutes later, the whole room is clean. Things happen by itself. These books that I wrote, right? So people ask me, wow, how long did it take you to run? Most have taken you... It, it, I'm embarrassed to say it doesn't really take that much time. You just have to start it. And then once you start it, Hashem like sort of does the rest for you. Obviously, you have to do things and it's involved and it's intricate, and whatever, but it's not as hard as it looks. You could start a company, you, marriage. If you, you think when a person gets married and they're, you know, you think that they understand how much is going to go into getting married and uh, having a family and sending those kids to yeshiva and buying a house. And, you know, all these things, you don't think about that. You're just getting married. You just have to start the process and let Hashem do the heavy lifting for you. And this is how life goes. Life is just about starting things. And then once you start it, the ball begins to roll. Hashem helps you and you get to see the completion of of whether it's a, a book, whether it's a project, whether it's marriage, whether it's a company, whether it's a, a, you know, a, a hobby that you have, whatever it is, you could do it. You just have to stay very focused and very confident. That's the lesson of Basya Baspari. She naturally could not have done it, but she tried her best, and lo and behold, when you try your best and you start doing it, Hashem will take care of the rest. You just have to believe in him and start the process. And even though it doesn't make sense, miracles happen. Miracles happen every day. Marriage is a miracle. Having a family is a miracle. Uh, starting a new shul is a miracle. But it happens, right? You dive in a shul. This yeshiva, you, who, you know how, how hard it was to, to build this yeshiva? You had to buy the property and you have to figure out, it was a swamp, you had to figure out a way to drain the swamp and how to make uh, buildings and raise the money for it and architects and, 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 and ordering desks and ordering whiteboards and ordering, uh, you know, we haven't, you know, we just come in, we think this is a, it, it's been here since, since Shesha's Mabrisha, since creation with a capital C, this has been, this building, it's not, somebody built it. You think somebody built it like, and it just happened like that? He started, he had the idea formulated the idea, made some meetings, raised some money, did this and that. And before you knew it, it's a building. It's a, it's a school. You hire people. But you have to just start things in life and then, and then let the process play itself out. It's a very important lesson that we learn from us. A lot of times, don't get so scared about like what's going to happen, what happens if I fail. If you have a good idea and you feel like it's something that's worthy, you speak to the right people and you... You know, try to work it out, and amidst Hashem, everything will be will work out in the right way at the right time. But um, 
Yeah, that is something, that's a very, very important lesson. You just have to start the process and then leave the rest, Hashem. I want to just share with you one Yisai that I thought of this year, a different shot in why Basia thought that the Amma that she had, her arm, which is a length of an Amma, would be able to somehow accomplish the impossible. So here's a thought that I had. There's a Gemara in Mayukatan. The Gemara Mayukatan speaks about Pari. And it says, a, it's a very, very interesting Gemara. The Gemara says, guess how tall Pari was. When we picture Pari, we think of like, what? He's a midget, right? How big was he? How tall was he? The Gemara says, yeah, the Gemara says in, in Mayukatan, I think it's Yud Ches, who Amma? He was an Amma. Viziknai Amma, his beard was an Amma long. He's an Amma, he's Mamish this high. From This is his head, this is his toes. Right? You can imagine, like, everyone, like, you read the Chumash, you think, like, Para must be, like, this giant, everybody's scared of him, the Chartumim, the, you know, the, his magicians and his, his assistants and Meisha and Aaron, everyone's, like, scared. Hashem is sending Meisha Rabbeinu to Para, like, Para, 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 like, Para's a little midget, he's this big. His beard, Gemara says, is also an amo. So part of his beard must have been like sweeping the floor. It also says that his aver, that private aver, was an amo. <laughs> so uh, he must have been a very interesting creature, this, this power, right? What's the takeaway from that Gemara? I don't know. But I don't know if it's to be taken literally or if it's supposed to be figuratively. I don't know. But... One takeaway that I have is, let's assume that it's literal. Let's assume that he's, uh, he's an Amma. Isn't that an incredible thing? That somebody that's an Amma tall is able to be the king over the mightiest, richest, most powerful nation in the universe, Egypt at the time. It means an Amma, a whole Amma is not just an Amma. An Amma could be a superpower. You don't have to have like 10 Ammas. And, uh, you know, Meshav in itself, the Gemara says, was very tall. He must have towered over, over Pari, like literally towered over Pari. He was very, very tall. And um, I forgot exactly how tall the Gemara says that he was, but it was many, many Amas tall, maybe 10 Amas tall. He was very tall. So, um, so imagine Meishravain, let's say he was 10 feet tall, you know, like a, the size of up into a basketball hoop, and you have this midget in Pari, like this tall, and everybody's like afraid of this little midget. This teaches us that it doesn't matter. Size does not matter. Because it could be, even an Amma could be able to rule over an entire powerful nation, an army, and all that we know about Barry is in an Amma. So maybe for you and me, when we speak about an Amma, and I have like an Amma, and I, my arm doesn't go any further, so I'm going to say, I'm not even going to try, because what's an Amma? Basya the daughter of Parai didn't look at an Amma like it was just an Amma. She, saw, she knew it an Amma. Her father was an Amma. And look at what he was able to accomplish. He was able to accomplish great things. So she was saying, all right, listen, my, it might only be an Amma, but look at my dad. My dad's Amma is, uh, you know, is, is, is a million miles. He's, his reach is, is, is beyond so for Basia Bas Paris, she stuck out her arm about Tishlach Zamasla. She sent out her arm. She was able to do that because she chapped. 
that an, an Amma is not an Amma. Her father is an Amma, but no one would ever say, okay, he's an Amma, it's, 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 and that's all he was. He was way beyond an Amma. And so that's also another great Moser Haskell, that, that first of all, when you start something, Hashem is going to complete. You just got to start. It's very true. Build a shul, build a yeshiva, whatever you want to do, you just start, get the motion, get the pieces into motion, and boom. Before you know it, you're going to have a building, you're going to have a, a, a rub, you're going to have a, a community, you're going to have a safer tire. Everything will fall into place. You just got to start it. That's how every shul that you ever davened in in your life, it didn't come down from Shemayim. Somebody said, let's start a shul. Maybe it started in a small a storefront, maybe it started in a basement, maybe it started, but eventually it grows into something much bigger, but you just have to start the process. That's the first muster that we learn from the daughter of Pyron. Also, we learn that an Amma is not an Amma. What we think, we sell ourselves short into believing that I'm this and I'm that, I'm just a this. No one's just a this. If you're a human being, you have the capacity for greatness beyond, beyond your height, beyond 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 your weight, beyond your IQ, beyond your, your social, your financial, whatever you feel is your limitations, throw that shackle away. You have ability to be great. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Look at Para. He was one Amman. He was able to accomplish, literally, he was the most powerful man on the face of the earth. And we could be that way also. Lahabdul. Not in a bad way like Para was, but we could accomplish great things. And don't let any of the limitations that we set for ourselves or that other people are telling us and whispering in her, you can't do this because you're too that, you're too baloney. You're able to do anything that you want as long as you, as long as it's somewhat reasonable and you speak to people about it, it makes sense. You throw yourself into it and don't listen to the naysayers. Just say, I'm going to do this. We could do this. We'll start small, but we're going to grow it and we're going to make something really great. And that's the way anything and everything in life Happens. It starts out with, a, with an idea, maybe on the back of a napkin, and then it becomes somewhat reality. It might be a little bit modest in its first stages, whether it's a business like Amazon, whether it's a yeshiva like this one, maybe it's a shul that you once davened in. It doesn't matter. If you start it and you have you daven for siyat deshmaya for success and you keep on it and you keep the drive going to build and to make it work, it's Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be memalam, Mishal Slipchem, L'tayvah.